0: What it do, Steeler fans? This is your boy, Daniel J., with another State of the Steelers podcast on this beautiful Saturday morning. I want to thank everybody for coming along this crazy ride that was the preseason with me, and now we're getting on to the next the next ride, which is the regular season, the 2022 season. And well, welcome to State of the Steelers, where we ask some of the tougher questions, try to figure out what is the condition of the Pittsburgh Steelers currently, And like I said before, we answer the tough questions. And today's question is, are the Pittsburgh Steelers ready for week one of the 2022 NFL season? As everybody knows, next week, next Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Paycourt Stadium on September 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And are the Steelers ready? There's been a lot of moves. There's been a lot of... uh, Positions that are in need this offseason that were potentially filled. And now it's time to see if all those puzzle pieces are going to come together to make a beautiful picture. Well. The first, you know, part of answering this question, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are ready, is to answer. Did they fill the most important spot on the offensive side, the quarterback position? As all you guys know, this offseason, the Pittsburgh Steelers identified Mitchell Trubisky as a possible replacement for Ben Roethlisberger, the future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback who was a staple point for the Pittsburgh Steelers for nearly two decades. Now, when when the Pittsburgh Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky this past offseason, I don't think that they were anticipating or expecting Kenny Pickett to fall to them at number 20 in the NFL draft. But that's the way the cookie crumbled. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a good position where they have two quarterbacks that could potentially be starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers come next week. And at the time of this recording, Mike Tomlin has refused uh, to announce that that starter. Now, this has brought up a ton of speculation on whether or not there's a chance that Kenny Pickett could be the starter come week one. Now I've been a, I've been a fan for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time and I've come to learn to when it comes to what the Steelers are going to do, when it comes to my predictions to watch what the Steelers do, not necessarily listen to what they say. Mike Tomlin has come out several times saying that he's not going to announce the starter. It may or may not be settled at the point of which they were asking. And perhaps next week, The week of preparing for the season opener is when he'll he'll announce his starting quarterback. Now, I'm writing an article currently for Behind the Steel Curtain. I highly encourage everybody listening to me to go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com so you can find not just my articles, but articles from all of our contributors on the website. It is truly the one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. And my article will be coming out here pretty soon titled. Are Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers setting up Mr. Trubisky for failure. Now I'm going to let you guys go in there and read the article so that way you can kind of get my idea of what's going on in that position. Uh, But to summarize, to do a brief summary on it. I just feel that. Not naming a starting QB right now doesn't have or doesn't show you know, some confidence, you know, even if it's the advantage or the competitive advantage of making the opposing team, you know, worry or practice or study two different quarterbacks, you know, the good teams that are out there that have a solid QB don't need to do those types of things. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the type of team that need to uh, go down or stoop down to the level of certain teams to try to, um, outsmart them in this form or fashion, in my opinion. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers pride themselves on on being a team that is that upholds a certain standard and is going to physically dominate you or want to physically dominate you, even if you know that that's what they're attempting to do. And so, you know, coming – this is, is odd. This is new. I mean, in, in previous years, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never – been a team to uh, keep their cards close to them when it comes to a potential starter. The Pittsburgh Steelers have always announced who they anticipate to start in the next game. Um, Whenever there's been a question mark as the starter goes, even when some of the fan base in the media have stated, don't you think it'd be a smarter idea to not throw this out there at this point in time, let the opposition prepare for two different options and, and split their time on their preparation. I completely understand that. However, if Mitchell Trubisky ends up being the starter come week one, or better yet, he's still the starter come week two at the home opener. You remember those boos that came out for Mason Rudolph trotting on the field in preseason? I think that those boos may be returning not because the fan base hate Mitch Trubisky or dislike him or want him to fail or or whatever the case may be. Similar to Mason Rudolph trotting on the field and getting the booze, not because it's Mason Rudolph trotting on the field, but because it wasn't Kenny Pickett. I feel that that's probably going to be the same thing. I think if Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers would have announced by this point that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter come week one and for the season, there'd be an opportunity for the fan base and the media to fall in love with the idea. You know, remember, go back to when Mitch Trubisky was picked up in free agency. I spoke to a lot of people, fans, sports beat writers, other YouTube or podcast content creators that follow or report on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the level of excitement for Mitchell Trubisky wasn't that high. It was something that had to be bought into over the next couple of weeks, uh, days and weeks after the signing of Mitchell trubisky I saw I noticed a trend in the fan base and in the media starting to follow Mitch and and really believe that he could potentially be a guy and you know start to make excuses for his play in previous uh with previous teams now I feel that the fan base and the media can fall back for Mitch trubisky knowing that he's going to be their option but leaving this out there, that there's a possibility that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter, and now we're hearing not just the fan base but media across the board starting to starting to think and say, "Hey, perhaps maybe Kenny Pickett is a starter or should start." Is going to lead to a mass disappointment come, you know, week one when Mitch Trubisky ends up being that starter, unless he's not. Now, I know many of you guys follow me on YouTube, State of the Steelers. I broke down some film tape on Mitch Trubisky in his most recent playoff game. I mean, preseason game. I apologize. And in that preseason game, he had a touchdown drive in the last two minutes that at first take, in my opinion, and my thoughts or view was was a pretty good one. And I still think it was pretty good. I just feel that looking at the two-minute drive on the previous week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Kenny Pickett drove the extent of the field and scored a touchdown in a similar fashion before the end of the half, that Kenny Pickett looked more seasoned. He looked more experienced for a rookie, especially for a rookie. And he looked like he was able to manage the pocket better than Mister Trubisky. Even on the play where... Mitch threw a uh, what looked or appeared to be a back shoulder pass to Pat Firemuth in the middle uh, to set up the following play, which was a touchdown pass to Sims. In my opinion, the positioning of the ball, which it it could be um, ticky tacky, wasn't the best. If you go and look at Kenny Pickett the week prior in a similar situation under more pressure with a defender in his face, he was able to place the ball to Pat Firemuth in a position where he can do something after the catch. Mitch Trubisky didn't. If you go back and look at that play, has he? If he were to throw the ball over the linebacker who was in a trail position, sprinting for his life, trying to catch up to Pat Fryermuth, I think Pat runs into the end zone. However, that wasn't the case. Mitch placed the ball back shoulder pass. And Pat Fryermove had to do a body positioning jump, catch the ball in the air, and when he came down, the safety and the linebacker tackled him. Fortunately, the result ended up being the same with a touchdown. Uh, on the following play. But if you go back to Kenny Pickett's throw in the same kind of situation, you know, he hits Pat Friermuth in stride on the money and gives him an opportunity in which he does do so to gain extra yards. So maybe there is, maybe there is an opportunity that Kenny Pickett starts week one, regardless of who is going to be lining up behind Mason Cole in Paycourt Stadium against the Cincinnati Bengals, I, for one, will be rooting extremely hard. As I am so excited for this turn-of-the-page season, for this new chapter season, for this, for the future to start. It's a refreshing time, and I'm super excited about it. But sticking on the offense, you know, another hole, you know, to try to answer are the Pittsburgh Steelers ready for week one that everybody's been kind of concerned about is the number two running back position. And it seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers have found that number two running back in one Jalen Warren. It seems like a cannonball, like a bowling ball type of running back always falls forward. Very difficult to tackle. And, and in my opinion has a underrated ability to uh, a shiftiness his movement in the backfield to find the running lanes and then his burst through the holes is is pretty good. You know, I had um I was speaking with Tony Serino on, on my YouTube channel not too long ago and and he stated, and I, at first I was like that's pretty hot takey, that Jalen Warren can be a guy that potentially could be the reason why you don't draft a running back so high in the first round. Now, I know everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying that he's playing better than Najee Harris? You know, this preseason Najee wasn't, you know, out there. He's been dealing with a uh, springless Frank and um, he only participated in in a couple of plays. Uh, he only had a couple of touches. I'm sorry. He participated in almost the full half of the uh, the last preseason game against the Detroit Lions, but he only touched the ball a handful of times. Now, I think that Najee Harris is something special, and I can't wait to see him play. I just hope that this offensive line can do something, which is really where the next big hole is. It's not really in the running back position. I understand the Steelers want to give Najee Harris a break, and I give him so many touches, but I think they found the answer in Jalen Warren. I think he's a guy that not only can cover for Najee Harris, but if Najee were to go down for a couple of weeks or whatnot, I think that Jalen Warren can fill the shoes for a short period of time. I wouldn't go as far as what Tony said and say, uh, this is why you don't pick up running backs in the first round. However, there, there's been a move towards that direction, not picking up running backs in the first round because of the emergence of late round running backs and undrafted undrafted running backs as well. But with that said, I'm super excited about Najee Harris, and I think he's going to have a monster year. And I think the at- acquisition and the addition of Jalen Warren is only going to help him. You know, think about it like this. When it comes to Najee Harris, it's going to be more about quality versus quantity. Last season, he had so many touches. It was all quantity versus quality. Majority of the runs that he had weren't that great. And a lot of it had to do with the offensive line was poor as it can be. Now, the offensive line hasn't gotten much better. <laughs> you know, Kendrick Green was a bad center and A lot of folks, including Ben Roethlisberger, thought that he potentially could be moved to left guard or or guard and have a better career, resurrect his career there in that position. And so far in preseason, he doesn't seem much better of a guard than he was a center. He cannot handle the bull rush or the uh, strong push from defensive linemen that are stronger or faster than him. And he finds himself out of position many times and on the floor. I am honestly surprised that he made the 53. However, the Pittsburgh Steelers invested a third-round draft pick in him, and I'm anticipating they're going to try their best possible to get some sort of return on their investment. But in the meantime, the Pittsburgh Steelers have traded for Jesse Davis, who is a veteran offensive lineman who's had many career starts, and the Pittsburgh Steelers basically got him for free a 2025 seventh round draft pick conditional. I don't think he's an answer for what's going on. He's primarily played on the right side of the line, whether it's right guard and right tackle and majority of the holes on our off on the Steelers offensive line is on the left side. Dan Moore seems to have taken a step back and Dodson for whatever reason, isn't outperforming green. He's still outperforming, but he's not overly outperforming him. I'm sorry. Uh, There's still a difference there. You can still see that Dodson's better. It's just. When you've had an offensive line uh, like the Pittsburgh Steelers have had in the early 2010s or so to speak, you expect to see a better offensive line, and especially with the amount of turnover that they've had, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had, you know, a different offensive line coach every year for the last three years. You would think at some point these guys are getting it. Maybe it's not the coaches at this point anymore it's the players and for that the Pittsburgh Steelers front office could be to blame for why the offensive line has gone so bad and the rushing game has been so bad because they really haven't put much stock into it I know this year they got the Pittsburgh Steelers um, signed Mason Cole and James Daniels who James Daniels at this point has kind of been a little bit disappointing he had a better last preseason game against the Lions however Up until that point, it's been a little bit disappointing. It's been probably more disappointing because he's supposed to be the captain and and the guy, the anchor on the offensive line holding it down. Now it's early, and it's early in preseason. First games haven't started, and I think that the offensive line is a position where the team needs to grow some cohesiveness. They need to gel together. They need to learn and understand what each other are doing without talking. And that will come only with experience and practice and, and on field game stadium experience amongst each other. I anticipate there being some growing pains early on in the offseason. I mean early on in the in the regular season. However, if this if this offensive line can stay healthy, I, I do anticipate them becoming a stronger unit collectively as the season continues. And the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to are the Steelers ready? for week one offensively is the wide receiver position. Calvin Allison, the third, was placed on injured reserve, which is not something that wasn't anticipated. I think everybody did. He missed so many, so much time in the preseason um, with a foot injury. Even if he's healthy enough to participate, you know, his experience on the field and non-experience in stadium he's going to need to catch up to this moving train that's been going on without him for the last three to four weeks. So that's going to take some time. Uh, I wasn't too surprised that he was on the 53 and then moved to the IR. I anticipate him coming back probably around the halfway point. The Steelers end up keeping Steven Sims, who has done great things in the preseason. He's kind of flashed a little bit. He's a punt returner, kick returner that – Showed that he has that ability. He's also shown that he can catch the ball in pressure moments and be dependable. Uh, He's also one guy that can run a jet sweep because of his return um, abilities very, very well. And so, you know, I understand CA3 might be a guy that ends up being shelved until next year just because of the fact that he's a rookie. So So he got injured so early in the season. Um, it's just unfortunate, but I think the Pittsburgh Steelers found an answer behind them in Sims. And when you look at the top portion of the roster, when it comes to the wide receivers, you have Deontay Johnson, who also had some injury, uh, in the last preseason game and a shoulder injury that Mike Tomlin described, had that been a regular season game, he would have entered back into the game. So I'm not too concerned about, about Deontay Johnson's injury, I think he was going to be back. I think he was going to be okay. Uh, behind him on the opposite side on the end is George Pickens, the rookie who has shown some great things. He he really sparked in week one of the preseason. Really hasn't shown too, too much. He's been um, consistent, but he hasn't been that playmaker that he was in week one. And I think that has more to do with the Steelers probably not trying to put too much tape on George Pickens when it doesn't count. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to use him a lot this year, and and the preseason is no indication on on what the usage of George Pickens is going to be during during the regular season. So, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defense and if the defensive holes have been filled and what is left for the Pittsburgh Steelers to do left on the defense. Please don't go anywhere. We'll see you on the other side. Be right back. Well, look at that. You made it to the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers. Welcome back to the second part of the show, to the second part of the cast. So, State of the Steelers, where we answer the tough questions, And today's question is, are the Pittsburgh Steelers ready for week one of the 2022 NFL season? And we kind of got into the offensive side. Now, part two, it's all about the D. (laughs) And so the biggest hole, in my opinion, coming into this offseason was the outside linebacker position. I've been saying it all offseason, guys, the outside linebacker, third round, third, Rotational piece is a big piece for the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. If you go back and look at last year's uh, snap percentage between uh, Taku Carlton and Derek Tuska, it was around a quarter percent of the snaps. That's that's huge. That's that's a lot. And when you have somebody like T.J. Watt, who is going 100 and 110% every single play when he's on the field, he takes breaks. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen him tap himself on the the helmet and it's time for him to come out and it's time for another outside linebacker to come in. This is what keeps uh, TJ Watt at the level in which he plays at throughout the entire game. Can't take that away from him. You know, if you expect him to have the 22 and a half sacks and have the pressures that he has and be able to perform at a standard that he maintains while on the field, he's going to have to take a couple of breaks, especially if the offense can't maintain possession of the ball like they hadn't in the last couple of years, you know, time of possession and three and outs were at an all time high for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the last two years. And the defense was on the field majority of every game, which led to injuries and, and fatigue and, and stamina issues. And so, you know, it's, it's a team sport all the way around the board. And if the offense can do their part, that's going to help out the defense tremendously. However, Pittsburgh Steelers needed to find that depth piece. I didn't think it was going to be found with what was on the team entering or the last day or with the 53-man cuts at the time of the cut and the Pittsburgh Steelers and Omar Khan fall through with another great trade. Omar Khan, and I'm just going to take this chance right here to say this, is that I think Omar Khan has done a phenomenal job this offseason. You know, this is his first time as a general manager, you know, I understand he's been with the team for for quite a while, and he's been the salary cap guru, and it's probably taken place and and helped participate in a lot of the trades and and uh, extensions that have gone on for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the last two decades. However, this is his time. It's his name on the piece of paper, on the title. It's his name on everything. It's falling down on his shoulders, and I think he is doing a phenomenal job. He is taking care of players way earlier than previously, this is allowing players to get into training camp and become physically prepared for the long tough road ahead. That is the NFL season. And so with that being said for a six round pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers trade for Denver Broncos, Malik Reed outside linebacker. And I think this guy is perfect for the situation situation that the Steelers um, are, go- are looking for. Now, last season, Melvin Ingram uh, may have scarred or scorned the Steelers, You know, thinking that he could overcome or overtake um, Alex Highsmith and was disappointed when he didn't do so and requested a trade. Earlier this year, Genard Avery was rumored to have been somewhat in the same boat, felt that he should be given the starting position over Alex Highsmith, and was released because of so. This guy, Malik Reed, is a guy that is accustomed to coming off the field. He's learned from Nick Chubb and from Bon Miller in, in Denver. And while they were dealing with injuries, has filled in suitably. You know, Malik Willis is <laughs> sorry about that, not Malik Willis. Malik Reed has 15 sacks in three seasons. He had a breakout season in 2020 when he recorded eight sacks. 53 tackles, 34 solo, 19 assisted, eight tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits. And I believe he had somewhere around 37 pressures on the QB. 2020 was a big year for for Malik Reed. And if you guys are thinking that perhaps Malik Reed, the name sounds familiar, he last season was responsible for a strip sack on Ben Roethlisberger. I was actually in stadium for that game. I remember the play. Ben took a pretty big hit. It's good to have this guy on the team because this guy is not a guy that's going to come in and expect to start. He is okay coming in off the bench or playing in, uh, playing for injuries whether there's somebody in the starting lineup who's out due to an injury or whatever the case may be, he is good for coming in that. He is a team player. He's not going to be a problem. He's not going to be demanding more plays on on more snaps for the defense. He's a team guy. And I think that his resume speaks for itself. He's a undrafted guy, and the Pittsburgh Steelers love undrafted guys that have proven themselves. Think of Levi Wallace. Mike Hilton. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers love that story where they can find somebody who wasn't supposed to make it and defied the odds and shown why they deserve to be uh, considered top members of the team or the defense. I'm excited about this pickup also because Alex Highsmith hasn't played a single down in the preseason. He it's been uh, reported that he finally has returned back to practice this past week. However, he's missed a lot of time in this offseason and preseason. And I don't think that it would be the smartest decision to roll out Alex Highsmith, who hasn't had much playing time uh, for a full 60-minute game or for majority of that game. I think that Malik Reed's going to get plenty of time on the field, especially in the first quarter of the, of the season, to get – you know Alex Highsmith reacclimated to football game shape and get him up to speed, so to speak. You now I understand that Alex Highsmith has been in the team for a few years now, and you know that getting him up to speed probably isn't going to take as long as you know somebody else that's not been on the team for as long. But there's still going to be that ramp up time. Now, one other hole that's on the defense that I thought that was filled, and now can be a little bit of a concern, uh, especially for the first quarter of the uh, season, and that's going to be the loss of DeMonte Casey. The safety who broke his – sounds like he broke a wrist. He's going to be out for about four to six weeks. The Steelers have placed him on uh, short-term IR and expect to have him back, uh, hopefully by the Buffalo Bills game week five. That's a big loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense because I anticipated the Steelers having a three safety set early and often this season. KZ showed that he was a uh, dynamic force in the defense, a player that could fill in for Minka Fitzpatrick if needed to for a short period of time. Or a Terrell Edmonds, he's, he's a versatile safety in the backfield, uh, good tackler especially this past preseason. He was showing flashes of uh, of greatness, in my opinion, of, in, in, his, in his position. And it's just unfortunate that he broke his arm. And, and the fortunate thing is it's not completely season-ending for him. He's only going to be out for the next four to six weeks. There's a two-week period between the last preseason game in which he injured himself and the first game of the season, not to mention – Uh, The Steelers have a long week when it comes to going or playing the New York Jets at home on October 2nd. The third game of the uh, regular season is on the road in Cleveland on a Thursday night. So there's a little bit of a mini buy there that potentially maybe I don't. Well, you know what? Casey cannot return for that game. Nope. His first game I think he can return for is the Buffalo bills. My apologies. And so. We're going to need him for that. The Steelers are going to need him for that Buffalo Bills game. That's for sure. This The Buffalo Bills have a you know, Josh Allen, who is a uh, strong quarterback that can make any throw from any position, but also has some wheels. And so, you know, having a Terrell Edmonds or a Casey spying him uh, or even maybe one of the middle linebackers spying him, you know, having that speed in the backfield is definitely going to be helpful when you have to. Uh, set apart or set aside a player for the quarterback. Same thing when the Steelers are going to be playing uh, Lamar Jackson, so to speak, but for a different, completely different reason. Lamar Jackson can really take the team, um, take the top off a team with his legs. Lamar, um, Josh Allen, he, he's more mobile or less mobile than, than Jackson, but his mobility leads to usually big throws down the field. His mobility is running around and finding somebody and uh, letting the play break down and having a, a safety out there that can read a quarterback and run with the quarterback. And uh, it, it's just a huge loss, in my opinion, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have Trey Norwood that could come in for him, But when you look at Trey Norwood and you look at uh, DeMonte Casey, the skill set is just it's too different. They're not the same. Trey Norwood he's he's not he's shown some concerning things or there's been some concerns when it comes to his coverage ability. you know I think that you know anything in front of him when it comes to Trey Norwood it, it's he plays well, but when it comes to deep coverage, he's been beat a couple of times. I think that the Steelers really, really like DeMonte Casey, and we're going to use him uh, hugely. And so he will be missed. But fortunately, like I mentioned before, this is a short-term, short-time injury. And if DeMonte Casey is going to go down this season for for about a quarter of the season, it's best that he goes down for the beginning portion, not for the end. We're going to want him uh, as the Steelers are, taking a, are making a playoff run because I do believe that they will be in the playoff hunt at the end of this season. I think the Steelers are too talented, regardless of the of uh, the quarterback position on which direction that they go, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. I think both of those young men are suitable, suitable quarterbacks that can lead this team on a on a playoff run. And so with that being said, I think that the defense, you know, has made some moves. They've gotten stronger, they've gotten better. There was some bigger, there were some holes there in the outside linebacker position that Malik Reed has filled. And I couldn't be more happy or excited about it. And I can't wait to see this uh, outside linebacker group of High Smith, Reed, and and TJ Watt attack and make Joe Burrow uncomfortable for three hours or 60 minute football game on Sunday, September 11th. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait. Well, that's all I got for you guys today, please. If you guys have any questions or comments on the show, you can reach me on Twitter at State of Steelers. Please follow me. I also do some updates up there and and tweet out any um, any updates that I find, whether they're coming from uh, some of the uh, uh, talking heads or media, media guys on uh, – breaking news media guys on Twitter. I post and retweet everything that I see when it re- comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so please follow me there. And if you want to – You know, to hear more of my insight on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I do a daily, daily segment on YouTube called State of the Steelers. Please follow, like, and subscribe me there. But that's all I got for you guys today. I want to thank everybody that's given us a listen. Um, Please, if if you're following me and you're following State of the Steelers on Behind the Steel Curtain, I'm sure you're following Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. I'm sure you're following Brian Anthony Davis's uh, Bad Language or the Stat Geek for the Steeler nerds. for David Schofield. And if you're not, please go give those guys a listen and go to behind the steel Your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. You will not be disappointed with everything that comes out. There's trackers for, uh, the, on the website, you'll find trackers for the practice squad players, the current ones, the ones that were formerly on the team and where they've gone. Uh, it's great information, great things to know. And, and it'll keep you more, uh, educated when it comes to your Pittsburgh Steelers so that way when you watch the game on Sundays you won't be surprised with the outcomes and and you'll know exactly what to expect so to speak so with that being said guys I'm Daniel J this is State of the Steelers from behind the steel curtain I want to thank everybody listening you have a great week let's do this again next week peace